Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rockerless. At one point when I was a kid, I got a small television from my room. This was a game changer for me, especially as a person who liked to play video games. I could hook my Atari up to this little TV, and eventually I would hook up my Commodore computers to the TV. My sisters would make fun of this behavior constantly. They would come into my room and I would be reclining in my bed, typing on the computer or playing a game with a joystick from the comfort of my bed. Unfortunately, this would lead to a poorly timed accident. One afternoon, I was really surprised to learn that I would be getting a new bed. I had had a kind of small bed my entire childhood, and I was getting bigger. My mother decided it was time for me to have a bigger bed that I could more easily fit into, which was really nice. A couple of days later, the bed came. It was all set up. It took up a little bit more room, but I could really spread out on this thing. And I would continue to do things like play video games while laying in that bed. It was even more comfortable now, so why wouldn't I? But I had already started to bring food and drink into my room, which was supposed to be a big no-no. But if you're on your computer for long periods of time or playing video games, you don't want to stop to grab a snack. So I would get a big glass of something and a bag of chips and I would smuggle them to my room. Unfortunately, a day or two after I got this new mattress, I had poured myself a giant glass of Kool-Aid, brought it up to my room. I'm playing a video game. I don't remember what happened, but I reached for the Kool-Aid and it spilled. It hit me. It hit the comforter. I leapt up and thought, oh no, this is terrible. I gotta get this blankets and sheets off this bed and clean them up before anybody knows. I did that, ran downstairs without thinking, put everything in the wash, started washing everything. When I came back upstairs and looked at the mattress, that's when true terror set in. There was this giant red stain all over the corner of the mattress. It was so bad it looked like a crime scene. I tried scrubbing it, I tried doing anything, but it just seemed to spread the red around. Now people in my house realized the blanket and sheet had been stained, but didn't really question it. And I didn't really put two and two together. I was so focused on the mattress and not letting people know that I had ruined this brand new mattress that I started to hatch a plan. Now, let me tell you how sheets were often cleaned in my house. About once a week, my sister would come into my room and strip the bed, throw the sheets and blankets on the floor. That was my cue that I had to clean the sheets and blankets. We all did our own laundry back then. I had to take the initiative and start doing it myself. I can't tell you how suspicious that seemed to my family. I remember saying just in the middle of a meal once, I'm gonna start cleaning my stuff on my bed now. You don't need to do it anymore. While they kind of looked at me strangely, I guess they thought, well, if he wants to do it, he can do it. And so for about three months, I got away with this. Every night I'd go to sleep on that mattress. I could swear I could smell the Kool-Aid, the sweet smell of cherry mocking me, whispering to me, they're all gonna find out, they're all gonna find out. But one day, I forgot, my sister stripped the bed and I heard her yell out, what is this? 
and I came in and I had to tell everyone what had happened. My sisters thought it was hilarious. My mom, of course, said, this is why you do not have food in your room. Why didn't you just tell everybody we could have tried to clean it better? And for the rest of my days in that house, I slept on this mattress with the giant Kool-Aid stain on it. Whenever I would clean my sheets, I would look down and see it. And it was a reminder of how foolish I had been, not only in spilling, but also in trying to keep it a secret. Now, I did keep eating and drinking in my room, of course. No way I could change that. But I did try to be more careful, and I never had Kool-Aid in my room again. So on today's show, I'd like to talk to you about the beverage that left a mark on my mattress and my childhood, Kool-Aid. We'll talk about its creation, we'll talk a little bit about its variations, its advertising, its place in pop culture, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. We wouldn't have Kool-Aid without its creator, Edwin Perkins. Edwin lived in Nebraska at the turn of the last century, and even as a child, he was an inventor. He liked chemistry and would experiment with things in his mom's kitchen. His father opened a general store, and it was there that he was introduced to a product that would fascinate him. Interestingly, it was introduced to him by a friend of his, Kitty Shoemaker, who would eventually become his wife. It was the delicious powdered dessert called Jell-O. He was so intrigued by it that he begged his father to put the dessert in his store. Now, it's not clear that it was Jell-O that made Edwin the creator that he was. But at the time, he had sent away for material to learn how to make things. In a story I read, he sent away for a kit called How to Become a Manufacturer. Whatever the case, he was what you would call an entrepreneur. After graduating high school, he would go on to publish a newspaper, worked in printing, he would become a postmaster, and then started a mail-order business called Perkins Products. He would do that to market all of the things he had invented. Now, by 1918, he had married his childhood sweetheart, Kitty. I want to say that Kitty Shoemaker is such a wonderful turn-of-the-century name. Just amazing. He had married Kitty, but Kitty had a habit, a bad one, called tobacco. And she wanted to quit. So Perkins developed a remedy that Kitty could use to break her tobacco habit. It was called Nixotine. This was an example of one of the products he would invent and start selling. By 1920, the demand for the product had grown significantly. So he and Kitty moved to a town called Hastings, which was along a rail line so that they could ship things more easily. Now, he had never forgot about Jell-O, and along those lines, he started working on a concentrated drink mix, sort of a concentrated liquid that you could add to water to make a delicious flavored drink. It came in six flavors, and it was called Fruit Smack which is a great name. They came in four-ounce bottles and were relatively affordable. 
The problem was that they came in bottles. This was the days before plastic, so all bottles were made of glass. And when you're shipping even small glass bottles, you're going to lose money on anything that breaks. One crate falls over, you've lost dozens or maybe even a hundred things that you were going to sell. Even though that was the case, people really liked Fruit Smack. And because it was affordable, it sold like hotcakes. Yet Perkins was a thinker. And he kept Jell-O on his mind and realized that if he could take Fruit Smack and make it similar to Jell-O, meaning a powder, that he could ship it without any of the potential for damage from breaking glass. He figured that out, removing all of the liquid from Fruit Smack and renaming his product Kool-Aid. Now at that time, the Kool-Aid was spelled K-O-O-L-A-D-E, like lemonade, Kool-Aid. They would later change the spelling to the more familiar Kool-Aid, A-I-D. Priced at 10 cents a packet, it came in six flavors, cherry, also the flavor of my mattress, strawberry, grape, lemon-lime, raspberry, and orange. Are you a fan of the Retros podcast? Do you like more retro stuff? Why not check out the Retroist Patreon? Go to patreon.com slash retroist. Supporters of the show get bonus episodes, bonus tracks, bonus scans, access to the Retroist Discord, and more. Feel good about yourself and make a difference in the world. Support the Retroist. By 1929, grocery stores across the country were carrying Kool-Aid, and the family was doing great. Just about a year later, demand for the product was so strong that Perkins could stop selling everything else he had been making and focus just on Kool-Aid. To increase efficiency, he moved the production of the product to Chicago. There he could be not only closer to more train lines, but closer to the supplies he needed to manufacture things. Now, he just wasn't a clever inventor. He also had a flair for marketing and realizing what was demanded of him when trying to sell the product. While originally the product was priced at 10 cents a packet, when the depression hit, they cut the price in half to 5 cents, making it what they would call an affordable luxury. At the time, he started to take Kool-Aid powder and add it to other things. And he started to figure out ways that you could incorporate Kool-Aid into other desserts. And you'll find lots of recipes online. And a lot of early advertising focuses on what you could use a five-cent packet of Kool-Aid for. They would eventually make individual products that folded in Kool-Aid, like ice cream. But those never really took off. When World War II hit, the materials needed to make Kool-Aid were used in the war effort, but that didn't mean they stopped making Kool-Aid. They just couldn't expand the brand anymore. But after the war, the nation was booming, and people were thirsty, and the suburbs that were springing up all across the United States were filled with people drinking Kool-Aid. And by 1950, Perkins expanded his factory, and they were producing nearly a million packets of Kool-Aid a day. While Kool-Aid was selling really well, bigger businesses were interested in it. And in 1953, Perkins announced that he was going to sell Kool-Aid to General Foods. It was a sad day for the people working there who had gotten used to the Perkins family. But General Foods and eventually the companies that would come to own General Foods, namely Kraft, not too long after, would expand the brand and give it an even wider release than the Perkins could. What's up, Doc? I'm telling the boys and girls about new pre-sweetened Kool-Aid. Pre-sweetened Kool-Aid? Let me add it. Squam wabbit. New pre-sweetened Kool-Aid tastes great. It's easier to make, too. (laughs) There's no sugar to add. Beat it, you crazy wabbit. Pre-sweetened Kool-Aid is sweetened without sugar. Mothers like that. So do I, Doc. Squam wabbit. (laughs) Now, as I was saying, Hey, Wabbit! <laughs>
You got your nerve. Oops, pardon me. Thanks, Doc. Free sweetened Kool-Aid is terrific. This package makes two quarts quick as a bunny. Uh, Bugs Bunny, that is. <laughs> and now there are two kinds. Famous original Kool-Aid and try new pre-sweetened Kool-Aid. It's already sweetened without sugar. There's no sugar to add. <laughs> Now, I managed to dig up a couple of ads from a couple of years where they were selling Kool-Aid under the Perkinses. I got one from 1929, which is one of the earliest I was able to find. The farmer's store was selling a whole bunch of great things, including brandy wine, vacuum-sealed coffee, something called Georgie Porgy, Hershey's Cocoa, and two packaged drinks, Summerade and Kool-Aid. Both came in three packages and were 19 cents each. In New Jersey, at the A.M.P. in 1930, they were also selling Kool-Aid. This is still when they use the Great Atlantic and Pacific Tea Company name in their advertising. But on this list, you have Jell-O and Kool-Aid right next to each other. And as noted, a package of Kool-Aid was only five cents, which is the same price as a package of Jell-O. It's almost as if that was planned. But there's other great stuff being mentioned here. Octagon laundry soap, six cakes for 25 cents, Lipton's tea. Ooh, laundry gems are just three packages for 25 cents. Mrs. Schlorer's mayonnaise, an eight-ounce jar will run you 15 cents. I can't even say that. Mrs. Schlorer. Hmm. But a lot of great products. I am struck with the prominence of ginger ale being advertised. No other soft drinks are advertised on this fairly large selection of food. But you had two types of ginger ale, and six 12-ounce bottles of ginger ale will run you 33 cents at the time. I was able to find one mention of Fruit Smacks, and it looked like a bottle of it was about 8 cents when it came out. But the thing I was able to find online is heavily obscured, and it's not exactly clear what they're advertising here. But it looks like Grape Fruit Smacks were about 8 cents a bottle, if you're wondering how much a bottle of Fruit Smacks was going to cost you back then. Now, before we go further into the Kool-Aid story, mainly talking about the Kool-Aid man, I want to talk a little bit about Kraft. They are the people who would eventually buy General Foods, and they still make Kool-Aid today. Kraft, or Kraft Heinz, is a huge multinational company that was formed by the merger of H.J. Heinz and Kraft Foods. They are co-headquartered in Pittsburgh and Chicago, and they are the third largest food and beverage company in North America, and the fifth largest in the world. In 2021, they had $26 billion of annual sales. And they make a ton of products. You've probably had Heinz ketchup and Kraft cheese, but you'd be surprised how many other products they make. If you're buying Kool-Aid now, you could still get it in small containers. Usually, it's sold in powdered form, in tubs or packets. And to make Kool-Aid, and this is not always, they did make a pre-mixed one with sugar. You take sugar and the powder and you mix it with water, usually by the pitcherful, although you can make it by the glass. They also make a sugar-free variety, and no matter what variety or flavor you get, it's best served cold. I like it with lots of ice. Now, a lot of us know about Kool-Aid because of this guy. I get hot and thirsty riding a skateboard. Me too. This is a job for Kool-Aid. Hey, Kool-Aid! Oh, yeah. Kool-Aid's here, bringing you fun. Kool-Aid's got thirst on the run. Get a big, wide, happy ear to hear Kool-Aid's Mmm, tastes great. Our friend's cool. Our friend's Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid brown soft drink mix. Oh, yeah. 
That is the Kool-Aid Man, sometimes called Kool-Aid Guy, or if you're in Canada, Captain Kool-Aid. He is the mascot of Kool-Aid. He has appeared in television and print advertising since at least the 50s and is best known as this smiling anthropomorphic pitcher filled with Kool-Aid, namely cherry Kool-Aid. He usually appears when kids are thirsty and they need something to drink. Kool-Aid guy breaks through a wall and says, oh yeah. There's not a lot more you need to know about him, although Marvel Comics did a comic with the Kool-Aid guy in it, and in it he did have some villains. The main villain were the Thirsties, who will show up in the video game based on Kool-Aid guy, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. Now before Kool-Aid Man, or Kool-Aid Guy, he was referred to as Pitcher Man, and Pitcher Man was created in July of 1954, hot month, really good time to create a Kool-Aid related anything, and was created by Marvin Potts, an art director at an advertising agency that was hired by General Foods, and they needed him to create a mascot to accompany their slogan, a five cent package makes two quarts. He said he was inspired to make this by watching his son draw faces on a frosted window. And so he took a glass pitcher and then he would draw a wide smiling face on it. And of course the pitcher would be filled with Kool-Aid. Now there would be other designs and advertising ideas introduced over the next few years. But this is the one that everybody liked. This is the one that was memorable. This is the one that not only would appear in commercials later and would lead to the Kool-Aid man. But also they would sell pitchers with that face on it. They did a big push that year, not only using the face of the pitcher man, but with the slogan and then a little comic in funny papers around the country. So you'd open your newspaper, turn to go see what was going on in the comics, and there would be this little advertisement inserted with its own comic that wasn't exactly funny, but it was informative. In it, two mothers are watching their kids, and the one mother asks, why do the kids always want to go to your house? And she says, that's because I keep a pitcher of Kool-Aid in the icebox, and kids really love it. And when the kids are talking about it, they say, which Kool-Aid flavor do you like best? And the one kid says, they're all swell because the flavor is locked in. Yeah, it is. And then the mom says, Kool-Aid is pure and wholesome too. See the parents magazine seal? And then the most important thing, who made this Kool-Aid? And the kid said, I did. It's so simple that mom doesn't even need to make it. The kids can make it themselves. And to show how cool this kid is, she's brought over a little tray and she's given the moms two glasses of Kool-Aid to enjoy. It's a great little bit of advertisement and it ran in newspapers all across the country. And the pitcher man would persist for nearly two decades until 1974 when arms and legs were added and the Kool-Aid man was introduced as a six-foot-tall pitcher of cherry Kool-Aid. This new variation was created by Alan Kupchik and Harold Karp, who worked at Grey Advertising, and the voice was provided by the composer at Grey Advertising, Richard Berg. I can't introduce him without playing a commercial featuring him. Refreshing and bright, yeah. You got to, got to have some more. All right. It's Kool-Aid to the rescue. The one for kids. Kool-Aid brand soft drink mix. For a kid's big thirst. And as you can see, the whole point of the Kool-Aid guy is to bring Kool-Aid to the kids who need it. 
a breakthrough in Kool-Aid advertising technology happened in the late 70s when they started using animation to move the mouth in sync with whatever the Kool-Aid guy was saying. And I remember as a kid being fascinated by that, seeing this live action pitcher moving around and breaking through walls and then seeing his mouth move and wondering how did they do that? Before I move on, I wanted to say I was looking for Kool-Aid advertising and stumbled across a big push they started making around 1974 to make Kool-Aid a Halloween treat because the pouches of Kool-Aid were relatively affordable, at least the price of a candy bar. You could buy a whole package of them and then distribute them to kids when they're trick-or-treating. Kind of a fun idea. Sadly, I don't think I ever got a packet of Kool-Aid while trick-or-treating. Because of these commercials, I would say more than anything, Kool-Aid Guy really started to become an icon. And in the 80s, if you're an icon and there's something to sell, you might get yourself your own video game. And Kool-Aid Guy didn't get just one. He got two video games, one on the Atari 2600 and another on the Intellivision. At around the same time, he was also starring in that comic book I mentioned, which had three issues published by Marvel Comics, and then would continue under Archie Comics. And it would run intermittently all the way up till 1990. Not many issues, but it would just crop up from time to time. So for over half a decade, you would go to the comic book store, and just out of nowhere, a comic would appear with Kool-Aid Guy on it. And if you were a fan, you might pick it up. of birthday men, including the grand prize of Rama, a trip to Nintendo headquarters. Every game Nintendo makes, a Super NES, plus a Super NES video game starring you. Yes, your very own story. Save the back of Kool-Aid Burst soft drink six packs to see if you have the one number that matches the winning number all announced on this channel Saturday morning, July 31st. Happy birthday! For rules in the no purchase game panel, write Game PL Box 7000, Melville, New York, 11775. Boards were prohibited. The video games were both produced by Mattel. Now, while they were made by the same company and feature the same product, they're actually very different games. That said, they do feature the Kool-Aid Man in them. Originally, they were a mail-order offering, but eventually you could find them at stores. I own the Atari version, but have played both of them. Let me tell you a little bit about the Atari version first. It has a pretty good opening sequence for an Atari game with the Kool-Aid guy smashing through a wall. It's a pretty simple game once you start playing it. There's this open screen, and the Thirsties are moving in both directions. And below you is liquid that the Thirsties are drinking. But to do so, they need to deploy a straw. When they are drinking is when they are vulnerable, and you can take them out. So you need to dodge the other Thirsties that are moving across the screen and try to get close to the ones who are drinking. There is a power-up in the game, and when you get it, you transform into the Kool-Aid Man, which gives you invincibility and allows you to just go crazy taking out all the thirsties that you can. I like the game because while it might not have the advanced graphics of the Intellivision one, it's fast-moving, and therein lies the problem with the Intellivision one. It looks great. For the time period, this is a great-looking game. In it, you take the role of some kids who are going around this house trying to avoid some thirsties and assembling the ingredients to make Kool-Aid. Sugar, Kool-Aid mix, pitcher, all the stuff you need. It's not exactly hard to get those pieces, but you move really slow. And once you assemble them all, there's this great moment where the Kool-Aid guy comes busting through a wall, and then he just goes crazy trying to take out the thirsties on the screen. You move around. But even that is kind of slow. It's faster than the first phase, but it's slow. 
I would say it's like a slow motion bonus round. And once you've completed it, it's back to playing those kids again. And it's just so slow. So if I were to pick one of those games for you to play, I would choose the Atari version. Yeah, the Intellivision version looks better. It's just not as playable. In the 90s, technology had advanced enough that we could get a computer-generated version of the Kool-Aid guy. And he would pop in on kids doing the same thing that he used to. This wouldn't be the end of the live-action Kool-Aid guy, but television advertising itself, especially around Kool-Aid, would become less and less prevalent. Hey, what's that racket? Who's up there? Say, who's that in my freezer? Why, I can't believe my eyes. It's the wacky Kool-Aid Cool Pops and that neat new toy surprise. Surprise! I'm Cherry. I'm Gray. I'm Tropical Punch. I'm a toy surprise. We're just like Mr. Kool-Aid Man, except that we've been froze. And every box we come in has a surprise, don't you know? New Kool-Aid Cool Pops, wacky wild Kool-Aid style. Kool-Aid Kool-Aid Oh, yeah. Now, there are some other things that people know Kool-Aid for. There was a book written by Tom Wolfe in 1968 called The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test, which is a nonfiction book that gives a first-hand account of the experiences of Ken Kesey, who wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and psychedelic enthusiasts as they went around experimenting with psychedelic drugs, such as LSD, supposedly in Kool-Aid that was laced with LSD. The other thing we would know Kool-Aid for is for the phrase drinking the Kool-Aid, which refers to the death of a lot of people in the Jonestown Massacre. It's a terrible incident where, where many people were forced to kill themselves drinking poison that, at the time, people thought was put into Kool-Aid, but it was actually in a grape variation of a rival of Kool-Aid called Flavor-Aid, which was another drink my family drank when I was a kid. It's not clear why, at the time, people said it was Kool-Aid. I guess they saw the drink. And a lot of people sort of genericized Kool-Aid at this point. And it probably didn't help that the book about the Kool-Aid acid test had popularized Kool-Aid with counterculture. Although that's all speculation. I will say that a lot of people who have family members who were involved and taken away from them in the Jonestown Massacre have tried to tell people to stop using this term because people were forced to drink the Kool-Aid. It wasn't something that a lot of them did willingly. And so they think it's sort of dehumanizing. Kool-Aid and Kool-Aid Guy will continue to show up on television shows. He's especially popular and even a regular character on things like The Simpsons, Robot Chicken, and of course Family Guy, who uses him a lot. And if you're a Kool-Aid fan, there's lots of collectibles you could find with the Kool-Aid Guy, or at least Pitcher Man's face on it. It's amazing that a powdered drink can have such a big effect on people, but people love it. There are collectors who go out of their way to find packets of Kool-Aid that are long out of print. And you'll find examples of people throwing parties every year where they serve Kool-Aid of their favorite variety. Vic Sage, a contributor to The Retroist, is well known for his Kool-Aid parties and for spreading the word about delicious and refreshing Kool-Aid. So if you've never had Kool-Aid before and you like sweet beverages, why not check it out? It's a delicious, refreshing beverage with a great history and has an amazing mascot that is, to me, endlessly entertaining.
Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at retroist.com. You could follow me on social media. I'm at most major social media platforms at Retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you like what you hear, you should follow Peachy on Twitter and Twitch. He's at Peachy Pixel 8. That's the word Peachy, the word Pixel, and the number 8. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by giving it a five-star review wherever you download the show. It's really the five-star reviews that help people find the show, so if you could do that, I really would appreciate it. If you'd like to support the show further, The Retroist is on Patreon. Supporters of the show, for just a couple of bucks a month, get bonus episodes, bonus scans, and access to The Retroist Discord, the coolest retro community on the internet. Thanks to everyone for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.